Good morning and welcome to another banger episode. This one happens to be episode 161 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. Presented by Loyalty Liquors and Taco Casa. And hosted by Aaron and I. Aaron, how was your week, bro? Uh awesome, Ben. I I I don't I don't know I don't obviously I don't listen to the episodes past editing them so I don't really remember last week but I love March Madness so much and when you have a team that is doing well in it especially the hometown team there right. is nothing better it is so exciting it is pure chaos it's amazing how different the NBA is compared to college basketball because like. You know, I was watching uh, Princeton and Creighton last night. Well, you could almost start to make the argue that. Remember all the talk about will NIL ruin college sports? Right. It appears it's not. No, I mean, well, because the reality is, is that, you know, as far as the tournament's concerned, you have 64 teams that, you know, all have probably 15 to 20 guys on the team, probably 15. So. That's uh, 450, four, like 480 players. The reality is, is that like, you know, 20 of those guys will play any meaningful time in, in the NBA. <laughs> so <clears throat> the majority of the tournament is made up of guys who are just college basketball players. And right. But because of that, it makes for just pure chaos. Like, uh, the, I don't I doesn't seem like you watched the UConn game the other night, but after that was UCLA Gonzaga. And like Gonzaga's running away with the game. They're up like 13 points. There's like five minutes left. All of a sudden they go ice cold. They start turning the ball over left and right. UCLA comes all the way back, ends up taking a lead. Gonzaga, or no, excuse me, ends up. Did they take a lead or tie it? Either way. And then you see. Uh, really? Gonzaga, they got it damn close. Yeah, and then Gonzaga comes down and hits a game-winning shot with seven seconds left from basically midcourt. And, like, it's just pure chaos, and it's so exciting. So, anyways, the point of that is this week, all week, I've just been reading articles about UConn, you know, just getting uh, – absorbing as much UConn content as I can because I don't know if I mentioned this on here. I have a 12-to-1 future on them to win the national championship. They're now the chalk. They're now the favorite after everybody that's gotten knocked out. They are now the favorite to win the tournament at three to one, 3.2 to one. And I got them at 12 to one before the tournament. So I'm just like so engrossed in everything UConn at the moment. Uh, it's very exciting. The tournament's a blast. It's so well, much fun. What will your ticket pay? What did you, you got 50, 50 bucks? Golly, that would be sweet. And at this point, it's probably going to happen because that's a Sunday conversation difference. Well, here's okay. So I'm going to break everybody's heart a little bit here, too. So UConn, if you didn't follow all season, started super hot. They were number two team in the country for a little while. They arguably could have been the number one team in the country. Then they started conference play. So you play all the teams in the Big East and they like they lost like six of eight games. Like they, they just fell off. So then they finished the season really strong. They've won, they've won like nine of their last 10 or something like that. Um, but I wanted to bet on them before the Big East tournament. They were 18 to one before the Big East tournament to win the national championship. But I wasn't 
you know, because I figured in my head, if they win the Big East tournament, they're gonna their odds are gonna go down significantly. So I'm like, all right, I'll I'll lay the money. I couldn't get the bet because you can't bet them in Connecticut and the sports books weren't open in Massachusetts yet. And so I only could put 50 on them through our friend Mike's uh uh bookie and the line moved down to 14 to one. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, give me 50 bucks at 14 to one. So selection Sunday happens. The bracket comes out and they're in the hardest bracket in the, in the, in the uh, tournament, their odds go to 25 to one. And I'm like, and at this point I already have my $50 ticket at, at 14 to one locked in. And I'm like, fuck it, whatever. So then I, after the first two rounds where they smoked uh, Iona and FAU or uh, uh, St. Mary's, I asked uh, Scott Mack, who was in Massachusetts and can put the bet in for me, what their odds to win the national championship were now. And he's like nine to one. And I'm like, all right, give me another 50 bucks. So then, so I have a hundred at 23 and a half to one, or excuse me, excuse me. I have a hundred at 11 and a half to one uh, to win. So, uh, and now they're 320, 320 plus 320. So a hundred, if you bet a hundred, you win 320. So feeling good. That would be great. I've never hit a future bet in my entire life. So that would be, uh, fantastic. Um, other than that work was good. I've had a very productive week. I'm going to New York tomorrow, uh, see my sister. So all's good in my world, man. What's happening with you? How you living? <clears throat> I'm living great. Um, it's kind of funny because I just I just hit up my boy Justin Alonzo who played at me at Castleton with me and uh so along that similar storyline when we were playing at Castleton we were in the conference championship and we got beat by Norwich 11 to 1 it was an absolute roundhouse shit kicking to the face and it was like the kind of thing I almost think we've mentioned it before on here, but like it was the kind of thing like a guy would just step over the blue line and rifle a shot and it goes and it in. like it would go it would go in. Like, how does like, that go in? Fuck, our goalie would never let that in, but like he just let it in. We went through our starting goalie, our backup goalie went in, our third string goalie went in, and then our starter went back in to start the third string. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short. There's this, there's this um, uh, Instagram called Everything College Hockey, and it showed all the NCAA tournament games last night for hockey, and it was like the com the thing was like, um, just like domination in college hockey. Uh, Minnesota beat uh, Colgate eleven one. There was like an eight nothing. There was a nine to one. There was a five to one. Um, I don't. I don't think there was a close game in college hockey. And the first mm-hmm. thing I did, I just messaged Alonzo this morning. I'm like, "Well, I guess we're not the only ones." And he goes, <laughs> and he goes "Literally, I, that was the first thing I said when I saw that." So um, that's that's completely random, but it's also. It's just like funny because that's the tournament. Like we were a hell of a team. Yeah. Like we were a hell of a team, and we just got a boot shoved up our bums, and uh, that's that. But um, as far as like the UConn thing, it's funny because 
uh, the family that I'll be marrying into is they're from Arkansas. Oh, so like, yikes. So like they're, well, it's, this is the, this is the better part of the story. So last week when we watched that UConn game and I'm like, Oh man, they're going to be playing Arkansas. Like that's crazy. And, and, uh, my future mother-in-law goes, she's like, well, she's like, I'm, I'm going to have to root for Arkansas in that game. I'm like, that's fine. Not a big deal. Last night you're like, we got to talk about UConn. So I quick Googled UConn. I'm like, oh, they already played Arkansas. They whooped their ass. They smoked <laughs> them. I mean, it was bad. But it was not not even one close. of us. Not one of us in this household knew that it happened or whatever. So it's like now it's not even funny anymore. I but mean, I'm if, glad. if I'm being honest, you didn't miss anything. They got out to a ten. They were up 10, 10 minutes. You know, halfway through the first half, and then and that was never. It. That was yeah. it. Was they were up by twenty nine at one point in the second half. The, the great thing about that, though, is that the Michigan State-Kansas State game was going on at the same time. You know, the second half was going on at the same time. And that game was like an all-timer. Like, went to overtime, you know, crazy shots in overtime. That was, I don't know if you saw the video of the kid that was, like, arguing with his coach and then threw an alley-oop, like a backdoor alley-oop in overtime to his teammate. Like, that game was going on as UConn was just beating the fucking wheels off Arkansas. So it was like, well, good. I don't have to actually watch this UConn game right now. Right. Up by 30. So right. enjoy this game. That's an all timer, but um, that's just college athletics, man. I mean, it's, it's sports in general, obviously, but like three of the four major sports, you play seven game series in the playoffs. And so you, you know, you'll see a team that goes out and gets their ass kicked. And then the next game, they tighten it up. Right. And, it's a much and then in game, four you know? games, they end up winning, you know, right. the series yeah. or whatever. Like, Cause if you it's have like... a bad game, it's not the end of the world, but college athletics and these like one game series and you know, the super bowls like that, where like, if you just don't have your best stuff, you just get your wheels beat off and that's it. It doesn't matter how good. You... I mean, Alabama, right. like you don't, enough... you don't get a Cinderella story right. in pro sports because there's so Typically, it's like, yeah. Oh, all right. Like, they probably started off when they're first doing it, like, you know, Team A, we'll call it, like, the Boston Celtics. Is I, I don't even know when they came up with a seven-game series. But, like, can you imagine? Either. They're just that's like – good question. They're like, um, all right, we'll play this first one. And then, like, the team that's supposed to win loses. They're like, actually, we're going to make this a <laughs> two-game series or a three-game series. And then, like, you know, they lose. They're like, ah, that's not working. Let's go to a five-game series. And then, obviously, I mean – They've gone to a seven-game series, but that has everything, every bit to do with just money and making money. Um, even in, I mean, have I? I've I've said the thing about like our Watertown team in the Federal Hockey yep. League had like no business losing, like absolutely no business. Like on paper, we were like a pretty good SPHL team. Like every right. guy on our team played in the SPHL. Like obviously like misfits, but like, it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're good enough players. And I wasn't even there cause I was in the SPHL, right. but the first two games, they shit kicked them. And then I got released. My coach tells me, Oh yeah. He's like, I got you on the roster. He's like, come here. So I like went up to, to Watertown overnight, got on a bus, drove out to play. It was in Illinois. Danville, Illinois. And uh like the first game we like we just get like we lost like bad. Right. And it was like wait a second. 
And then you look at the game and it's like, we had like 18 penalties and they had right. a one penalty. And yeah. it's like, then the next game, the same thing happened. So what does that force? A game five. Right. And there's a, only a five game series. Go back to Watertown and just shit kick them like for the championship. But in that time, they're basically raking in like 200K per game, like the ownership group of, of whatever the home team is. So it's like after ticket sales, concession, you know, sales, merchandise sales, it's like you can't not have those games. Like you're making totally. too much money. So totally. it's like. And and but, from a, and that, and from a fan perspective, no, like a game seven is it's the, the most best. exciting thing there is. Right, but it's like, what if you just had a game one? It would be the exciting. <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. It you would know? be just as exciting. But I guess, I guess, like you know, as far as like my sports teams have have been involved in, like game seven to win the championship, it really is only the. Well, the Celtics played in a game seven against the Lakers, but they fucking smoked them in two thousand eight or whatever that was. So and and I'm not like a, a big Celtics fan. So I would say the Blues when the Blues played the Bruins and that went seven games. I mean Ben, <clears throat> when the Blues played the Stars that year, there was Game Seven double overtime. Like that is the yeah, most nerve wracking shit as a fan. Anyways, that there fucking is in the world is like you're sitting there, especially in hockey because in hockey it's you know it's it's next goal wins and and hockey's such a fluky sport where bounces happen weird things happen right like you know it's just you know it looks like your team's winning and then all of a sudden one bounce of the puck and the game's over and you're like what the fuck like what just happened so to sit there and like that anxiety of like a game seven especially in overtime i mean it's it's nerve-wracking hey speaking of overtime game winners i one of the craziest ones of all time in my opinion was Patrick Kane against the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, when nobody knew walked, if the game was he over. He walked yeah. off the half wall. Yeah. He shoots this puck. He knew it went in. Yep. Not a single soul in the arena knew yeah. that it went in. <laughs> Just sit there. Including the refs. And yep. he is dancing down the ice, yep. cheering with all his teammates. And they're probably just like, well, what are we supposed to do? Did it yeah, go right, in? Like, right. So then they, they start cheering with them. And he's like, yeah, I know it went in. I know it went in. But it's like. You know, that's one of those like imagine you're the Flyers where it's like Yeah. You like wait, we just wait, we lost. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's over. Actually, I mean another one that the Blackhawks were involved in was not a game seven or an overtime, but it was it was uh twenty thirteen uh Bruins Blackhawks. That was the one where the Bruins were up up what was it, up a goal with like a minute left in the game and it would have been going back to Chicago for game seven. And then Chicago scored two goals in like 13 seconds. And and then that was it. Stanley Cup was just like over after that. All right. This is the last one I'm going to mention. This was like the 2014 NCAA tournament. Boston university had like Nick Benino. They had like the, the, uh, Colin Wilson. They had a bunch of NHL guys. Yep. They were down three with right. 45 I seconds left. That. I forgot they about were, that one. And they won the freaking game, dude. I forgot about In that regulation. One. Yeah, the goal. Or maybe they the were goalie, down two. They were the down goal, two, so they had yeah. to score three goals. Right. Goalie fucking melted down. At the oh, my That's right. God. But whatever, that. man. Sports are awesome. All right, Ben. So uh, I just looked it up. When 
would you like would you care to reckon a guess i you i know you can guess what sport invented the games uh, invented the seven game series i can't i'm I, can. I, I this is a complete you can you can, it, you can. basketball Think, no baseball probably yeah bingo and okay. in what would you care to reckon a guess as to what year the seven game series was officially adopted I, I honestly want to say later than we think, but maybe I'm wrong. I maybe 1945. Off by 40 years, 1905. 05. I, I just, I, 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 no, I was just thinking like I'm, I was like, that was what I meant by later than I would think. So my, uh, I'm, my I'm multitasking not... skills are pretty incredible. I just read a whole article about it while you were talking and telling that story. And I heard everything you said. Uh, yeah, apparently, that apparently before that they played like they played a 15 game series for the world series one time. Like, can you imagine 15 games? If you're playing, can you imagine that's, a month? <laughs> yeah, like, that's like a, that's like a quarter of the season. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Can we uh, just be done with this thing already? Um, but yeah, I mean, back to where That's I mean, well. sports, sports is the sports are the best, the best drama there is. There's nothing quite like it. I'm in a, such a like a pickle right now because. So I got asked, like two weeks ago, if I could work tonight, and I said yeah, I because I wasn't thinking ahead at all. So then. UConn wins last Sunday, and in my head I go, okay, well that should mean that they play Friday Sunday next week, right? Because like. Thursday, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you play Thursday, you play Saturday. So I'm like, all right, they should probably play Friday, Sunday. Well, they don't. They play Thursday. They play tonight. Game starts at like nine o'clock. Um, it's today. It's going to be 40 degrees and rain all day long. So personally, if I was a betting man, which I am, obviously, I'm a degenerate <laughs> betting man. <laughs> I would wager a, a reformed now unreformed. Yeah, just falling reformed. off the wagon in a ditch, mud all over my face, bleeding from cuts, just holding on to this Yukon future ticket. Um I would imagine it's not going to be very busy tonight. I, I just can't, I just you know, put yourself in somebody's shoes. Would you want to go out when it's 40 degrees and fucking raining and it's been raining all day long? Like there hasn't been any sunshine. Like, no, nobody wants to go out. So I'm really, really hoping it's slow enough that I can leave at like nine o'clock and get home to watch this game. But either way, I will make it work. If not, I'm just going to have my phone set up on the fucking bar rail. And if something big's happening, people are just going to have to fucking wait. I don't care. you know. Or whatever. they're going to be just as invested as you. Right, right. Or, you know, I could work at a bar that has a fucking Some... TV for once. <laughs> right. Nice. Um. But Ben, we have other things to discuss as well. Uh, there's a lot of going on, goings on in the world, uh, especially in the financial world. <clears throat> Excuse me. This banking thing is is yeah, what a little little scary here. out of hand. Yeah, <clears throat> I saw something. Shit, did I send it to you? I don't think I did. It's something like no, you probably uh, didn't because it, there is an alarming amounts of banks. That are failing, teetering having, on the brink. Yeah, having liquidity issues. Uh shit. Oh, you're right at the top. Should have known. Um. No, fuck. I don't. But it's 
it's alarming the amount of banks that are having liquidity issues and are now starting to have problems. Um, the market didn't seem to care much this week. Things went well. Cryptocurrency's been doing well. The market's been up, you know, for the last couple of days. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It feels like a, just a, and I know we've been talking finances a lot lately and I, I we don't have a ticking about. time bomb. It's a ticking time bomb, but I guess my advice would just be, and this is something we've harped on since the early days of this episode is like, just be prepared. Like now is the time where cash is going to be king because, you know, once eventually this, the, the, the dominoes will start to fall. I mean, when you think back to 2008, the financial crisis, of 2008, whenever you watch a movie or you read an article, it seems like it played out very fast, but it is a, it happened over a long period of time. It happened over months. So if you are smart and have some cash to deploy and just some, some opportunity, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to buy in the coming months, I think. And I just hope that our listeners are prepared. Good way to just make some money. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah, Aaron. And then the scarier thing is when we get through this, you know, like what's it going to look like on the other side? Well, I was more just saying it's like now what does that mean? We're going to get through two financial collapses and, you know, years. 15 years that we've gotten through by essentially just printing more money. Yep. I mean, it's it's all it's so fugazi. Like it's all, you know, you you. You didn't learn your lesson in 2008. You let the you let the big uh, investment banks and the big insurance companies gamble with the world economy, basically collapse it. You bail everybody out. You spend $750 billion of taxpayer money to bail out the investment banks. And then 15 years later... You and realize, that's just the number we know. Well, sure. Well, no. $750 billion is was the TARP, the TARP relief, the tr uh, Troubled right, Asset okay. Relief Program. Okay. But that doesn't include the bailout of AIG, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. That doesn't include the brokerage of um, Bear Stearns to, uh, was it JP Morgan bought Bear Stearns? So Lehman it Brothers. It doesn't include all of that. That's just the TARP, the TARP program that they that they put together, which was the last bit of it. Um, so you're right. That that number is just for that. that that's like the talking point number. Um and here we are 15 later, 15 years later, and you didn't put any backstops in place to keep this from happening again. And now here we are again, where investment banks take, not even just investment banks, regional banks, they take risky investments that then lead to them having liquidity issues. And now all of a sudden you've got a big fucking problem where you allow banks to take people's money, basically gamble with it, and then you have to bail them out afterwards. And it's just, it's... There's no fixing it. It's not going to change. This is not me like standing on my socialist soapbox and, and hoping that, you know, we nationalize the banks and stuff like that. But it's just ridiculous. If you're not going to put laws in place, this shit is just going to keep happening. It's just going to keep happening and keep happening and keep uh, happening. Iceland nipped it in the bud. Yeah, because they had to. You know, their economy collapsed and they had to nip it in the bud. And they did because they have responsible adults running their country. We have fucking morons running our country. Yeah, and especially, like, every time I see one of these, like, Janet Yellen speeches or whatever, where, like, she is, like, an elderly woman that needs to be in, like, a home, yet she is the, you know, Secretary Treasury. Treasury. Sec yeah. You're right. Like, making extremely important decisions. I didn't send it to you, but there was, 
there was a day last this past week where the market took a sharp decline. It was around when um, I think it was Tuesday. Uncle Jerry Jerome Powell of the uh, Fed, the chairman of the Fed, came out. He was talking about uh, the interest rates, what they were doing with the interest rates for the banks, and Janet Yellen directly afterwards went on to discuss like the treasury the department of the treasury's stance on it and it was a chart of i don't know if it was the dow jones or the s&p 500 and literally it timed out and it, at the top it said janet yellen starts speaking and then it's just a steep decline until janet yellen stopped speaking like literally the market dropped like 200 points while janet yellen was going on because she's Nothing she's doing is instilling confidence in in investors in in you know in the market. And at the end of the day, as much as the market's about dollars and cents, it's about confidence. It's about understanding what's going on in the markets, what the future is going to look like, and, and instilling that confidence in people. And she just doesn't do it. Like she just you're right. She sounds clueless up there. And it's like, yo, you are the fucking. But it's worse clueless. than clueless. Yeah, like her right. and Nancy Pelosi. It's like scary. You want to know what's scarier is the people that put those two women in their respective positions. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not trying to sound like a woman hater. Uh, right. I was trying to think Misogynist. of the opposite. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like, it, it truly is like mind blowing that like, Somebody that can't really speak or comprehend things gets put in such an important role. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, there should be like, you know, I sent you that thing the other day where they're like, you know, they're asking her questions about, you know, whatever. And she doesn't know any answers. Yep. And the guy's like, you don't know off the top of your head, these answers. And he's like, well, let me tell you what they are. And he like, you know, goes on to say, and it's just like, wait a second it's like this is a this is puppetry at its finest literally puppetry at its finest like bluetooth puppetry because back in the day you at least have strings to control your puppet now it's like you know you don't even have any strings to control your puppet it's just it's just uh you know a scary world it's like you know, if you went back to like, you know, hunter gatherer times or whatever, it's like, you know, survival of the fittest. You're going to put, you know, a fit individual in a role. And it's like the complete opposite. Like we are in a complete opposite world. It's like you should put the dumbest person possible in a role. <laughs> No, I mean that. It's like, look, who? I know you. They're like, all right, we're taking a vote. Like, I need the two dumbest people on planet Earth, and I need them now. All right, you got the job. And they're like, oh, we got them. We got them. <laughs> like, right here. Nancy, you're it. <laughs> you know? Like, so here we are. Here we are. Yeah, I, I just looked it up. Uh, Janet Yellen, 76 years old. I mean, I, listen, I, the, the reality of it is is that, you know, politics is a game. It's It's – it's all about who you know. And when it comes to things like this, if you're the president and you're naming your cabinet, you're you're putting in people that are going to basically be yes men. You know, the people that will do what you ask them to do because <clears throat> it makes your life easier, right? If you have a 
secretary of the treasury who just does whatever the fuck they want. Like you're, you're going to have, you're going to have issues if you, uh, you're going to have issues if you, how do I phrase this? You're going to have issues if you put in people that don't agree with you. Like you need yes men. And, and I, I understand, but, at the end of the day, it should, like you're saying, it should be a meritocracy. It should be the people that are best suited for the job should get the job. That's just not the reality, though. It's all a game. It's all about who you know. It's about all about whose backs, whose back you've scratched. And that's how you, you know, that's how you get a guy like Joe Biden who gets the presidential nomination. Because he served for a long time. You know, he was secretary for a long time. He was vice president. You know, it was his time to get to get the nomination. And that's why he got it. And look at it now. I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't pay off that way. Like you should be the best suited candidate for the job. And that's the way it should be. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. But, you know, it, it just. It's just weird to see people, our grandparents age, making decisions that are affecting all of our futures. Like, yeah, totally. Why don't you have people who are actually going to be around for the future making decisions about what the future is going to entail? Well, then the arguments is like, well, you don't know. You don't know how our system works. And it's like, well, shit. You created the system, you dumb dinosaurs. Yeah. You're... Exactly. You know, and just perpetuate the system and keep the system going the way that it's always been going. And like, it's just, uh, it's just such a weird time to be alive, man. You know, it's just. Well, it's like, and the other thing, it's like, you know, you keep seeing all these things. It's like, talking about money you know money 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 it's like when you have an entire society that is has grown up and you know maybe it starts from a young age and it's like you know elementary school you you know one of your one of your friends in class has some wealthy parents and they get some cool stuff like whatever that cool stuff may be maybe it's a pokemon card or something and it's like and then you got all these other, you know, on every level, there's this like bit of like uh, conditioning, you know, it's like, oh, like Johnny has Pokemon cards and I we don't like, you know, so it's like we want Pokemon cards. So then like the, the family who has no money, you know, starts spending the, mo- the the little money that they have, you know, on stupid shit to make, you know their kid feel happy or whatever you know it's like looking back Aaron I can't tell you it's like I mean I won't I won't say the kid's name obviously but I just remember this kid who like you know lived in an apartment was not well off at all Mm. but he had I want to say like 20 pairs of Air Jordan sneakers sure Every single day he came in with a new pair of shoes on, you know, and it's just like, has this kid completely manipulated his parents that have zero money that, you know, he needs all these things. And like, they now have zero, even less money, but this kid's walking around in his, you know, expensive shit. And, uh, it's like, wait a second. This seems so skewed here. It's like, Wouldn't you want a house before you have, you know, and, and I mean, I, I understand that there's like, like there are people who are billionaires that may live in an apartment 
and sure. you know they don't spend their money and they're they're smart and they're they're investing it but it's like that's the one in a million right you know it's most of those people are they're stuck in place sure and then america tells them something and then they're more stuck in place and more stuck in place and more stuck in place I mean, it could be argued about everything. It doesn't have to be the kid that has all the sneakers. It's like, you know, the person with all the junk or whatever. The, whatever psychological thing happens that, you know, like we're in this world where you need to be able to compare yourself, you know, to others and you're able to do it with a materialistic thing. Like that is the issue. It's like, you know, one time I was sitting next to my grandfather, you know, very smart man. And he, I was, I was asking him about like gold or something. And I was like, you know, like, you know, do you have gold or, or whatever? And he's like, no, he's like, that's, that's ridiculous. That's not smart. And I'm like sitting here thinking like, well, what happens when, you know, the economy shuts down? And he's like, um, then food's going to be the next biggest thing. Yeah, right. It's and it never hit too. Yeah. Right. It's like, what's more, what do you need to live? You know, it's like food. You need substance. Well, you can have, you know, it's like Venezuela. You know, you got, you can have a pallet full of, of quote unquote dollar bills. Yeah. And it, you can't even, you know, it's, they showed one American dollar next to how many, you know, Venezuelan bolivars or whatever. And it's like, it looks like they have, you know, $400,000 in cash. And you're, you'd think that that would be a ton of money. And it's like, no, that's what's equal to one American dollar. But then you break it down on another level. And it's like, you know, we were just talking about it. Look at all those bailouts that just happened. Every time a dollar gets, you know, input into the system, it's just deflating all the other dollars. And it's like, it literally is just, it's like, it's like a never ending cycle of like, you know, knocking off countries. Okay. They went, they're done. You know, it's like now they can be a part of our, you know, failing dollar as well. And and then like people think that they're getting a leg up by, you know, getting helped out or whatever. And in reality, it's like, it's only helping out very few people. It's the top of the top. It's like who owns, you know, the hard. Right. You're a hundred percent right. And that's why it's important to, you know, be, you know, be smart. You can be materialistic. I mean, that's something that you and I have never, you know, preached against or anything. It's just like, but make sure you're, you know, I heard something great the other day. It was uh, it was uh, Damon John from Shark Tank was on part of my take discussing like how to teach your kids financial intelligence. And he was like, he's like, like a great idea would be like if you buy your kid a uh, a Caterpillar dump truck toy and then you buy them a share of Caterpillar, the company as well. And like that's a great practice for people to put in, in into their own life. If you buy, say, a new iPhone. We'll put $500 into Apple stock, like get, you know, Apple pays a dividend, like get paid back to invest in materialistic things. If you want to buy a pair of Nikes, buy some Nike stock while you're at it. Like 
you know, it, it's it's okay to buy things that are materialistic or or just for show or whatever, but just be smart about what you're doing behind the scenes, and that's basically all. Right. To. Right. No. No. That's that's <clears throat> that's a beautiful thing, honestly. But like, then again, it's like you look at who's saying that, and it's like the guy that's already, you know, he's already the step ahead, and it's unfortunate, but it's also like. It is what it is. It's like they're in life. You'll always there's always going to be somebody with a leg up because they're more in tune with what's going on. So stay in tune. Yeah, uh, exactly. Just just you know, live your life, have fun, make sure you're doing the right things, but by the same token, make sure you have the balance of, of so understanding that, what's going on. Behind that you. was what I was that whole little rant that I was going on was the thing I was saying was like money doesn't money means nothing, but money is a tool. That's the thing. People shouldn't have the mindset of money is everything. You need to have the mindset of money is a tool to achieve everything. It's the current system that we have, you know, and if, if your money's not making more money, then you're not doing it right. That's the bottom line. Yep. Yep, I mean financial freedom is true freedom. And, and everybody knows don't reality. don't keep more than 250k in in a bank account. Well, now the that, it, that may not be true anymore because now the Federal Reserve and the Treasury are looking at backstopping more deposits and therefore printing more money and therefore just, you know, exacerbating the problem, kicking the can down the road. So, let's hope we're all dead before the tax bill comes due on all this shit, but um Yeah, well, like what even happened? How did like Honestly, what happens with that? Like, who's going to pay back the the fifty trillion after? Nothing, you know, nobody. Or does it just does it is it non-existent? It's almost like the more debt you have, the more powerful of a country you are. So it's like let's just keep getting as much debt as possible. It's very interesting, Ben, because you know the the kind of American cap like capitalism the American society kind of as a whole is built around people taking on debt right like that's how the economy runs you know people buying houses people buying cars credit cards like like the the you break down capitalistic economics like it runs on debt like that's how it works and it's just funny that like so much so even to the point where the country runs on debt like you know it's it's ironic that you've got politicians right. lecturing kids Aaron, about then, taking out student loans and they're racking up a $50 trillion That's because debt. it's us. As soon as you get your social security card, you become an asset of the country. They want you to take on debt because then right. as long as you're in debt, you're in debt to the country. Yeah. Yep. Like the more debt you're in, the more, okay, now this person has to go to their job every yep. day. Yep. Like, Okay. Well, who owns your company? Well, the the, the, the shareholders. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, the more people in debt, the better because debt is slavery. Debt is the new mm-hmm. slavery. Like, it, and it ha- I shouldn't say the new because it has been for a long time. But like, financial freedom means you don't have any debt, right. and it means like you're free to do what you want. So you got to like the only way for it to keep working is to 
to keep telling people and hey you need to do this you need to you know just be smart that's all just be yeah. smart take your time be patient um all right let's wrap this up i'm gonna go to the gym uh benjamin you're the best buddy episode 161 in the books um go huskies go huskies uh you and i will chat soon buddy i love you yeah definitely love you bro